I'm a bit overwhelmed by this conference in these two days. It's been a, such a great learning experience. I've been moved by a lot of the speeches uh, emotionally, intellectually, and in so many ways that I have not been able to digest these days uh, and all the insights that I've gained uh, from, from these uh, discussions and conversations. I think I'm almost, you know, overstimulated by, by all this that has happened here. Um, but I want to start with um, a notification. Um, we were watching a movie previously where the name was missing of um, the voice in the movie. And if I can pronounce it correctly, the voice belongs to Refik Hocic, uh, just so you know, and that his name has been mentioned in this context. So I think this is important, and so does James. <laughs> so I want to say that. Um, but if I'm going to try to um, wrap it up in one way or another and sort of focus on some of the things that I'm taking away from, from these two days is that um, what has become clear in our conversation is that peace and memory has, or has both um, tensions and ties and that we need to unpack these relationships and to see how peace and memory interact and how they interplay in, in different shapes and in different processes in memory making and in peacemaking and how that may lead us towards a just peace or perhaps a gender just peace or a feminist peace depending on whose memories, is, whose memories are included in the larger, um, more hegemonic narratives or the narratives of memory that can challenge these hegemonic narratives. I think it has also become clear that memory politics is uh, about contestation, it's about power struggles. And it has also become clear that peace is not something that we can easily define, it's value-laden, it's ever-changing, it's fleeting, and oftentimes it turns out that we cannot reach a universal consensus on what peace is. But perhaps we should more think of it as peace in terms of plural pieces, fragmented aspects of peace. Um, and if we do that, we can also think of memory um, in terms of parallel mnemonic formations. So plural pieces creates parallel mnemonic formations. Some can coexist peacefully side by side, whereas others are in contestation. And I think these are also things that we can bring, bring along. Uh, and I think this also reflects that peace means different things to different people in different places and different times. So to acknowledge that I think is, uh, is quite important when we talk about building peace because this is something that we cannot define, the end goal of it, we cannot define in advance. Um, and the question is then, so can we draw any conclusions from our conversations here when it comes to memory politics, memory activism, memory institutions, and its relations to the quality of peace? And I'm not sure that I'm ready to make any conclusions, but what I think we can say is that peace and memory are closely connected and if we think about the concept of entangled memories and that including inclusivity, plurality and dignity, we are bringing these two ideas of memory and peace together in a way that I think can be fruitful both for our understanding of peace and building peace but also for future research, how to proceed with that. Um, 
And one of the ways that I think memory politics is interesting for peace and peace scholars is because that memory politics can both, like commemoration, can both support and undermine peace processes. So it's not necessarily so that peace uh, and memory politics go hand in hand. It could rather be the, the opposite, actually. And I think we need to, to take that into consideration as well. Because memory politics, to a great extent, evolves around power and power struggles. Uh, and one of the things that came up in the various conversations here is about the both tangible and intangible aspect of memory. And when we think about memory institutions and artifacts and objects and how they become really important in memory work because they are, as Ariana said, they are witnessing witnesses of the past so we have these objects and they have this kind of agency as they can give us witness and testimonies about what happened in the past. And I think that is really important in memory work and in memory activism. So that is something that I'm taking with me, the, the tangible and intangible aspect of, of memory work. Um, And time is also something, uh, if we talk about materiality and space, but also time and temporality is important because even though peace takes place in the present or in the future, um, it is conditioned by looking back to the past. And what does that mean then? Um, I think by looking back, memory acts become a, um, a repos uh, repository for, um, for the past and something that from which we can draw our understandings of politics and social relations in the present. So this is uh, something that I think is really, really important when we think about peace, both looking backward and looking forward. So uh, in conclusion, I think it's all about finding constructive ways to link the past to the present and the future in order to be able to get a successful transition from times of war and conflict to times of peace or towards something that looks like peace at least. So I think those would be the hopeful words that we are moving in those directions, not necessarily without seeing backlashes and so forth, but still that there is this hope of reaching uh, peace or pieces. But before I, I want to conclude uh, the whole conference, I want to say thank you very much to Johanna Managa and Selimovic. It's, uh, This is, this is all your work. You, you have been a brilliant project leader um, and we've had so much fun over the years and also to the other team members. I think this project ends with this huge bang with this conference. It's been really a great conference and the people you have brought together in this conversation. So thank you to all of you. You've been amazing. So I've really appreciated it. Thank you.